This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. Today's episode is called The Art of Endings. And joining me today, as always, is my co host, actress and activist Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is sacred. I I had a really tough week the past week, um, which is something I've been you know writing about and, and talking to you about uh, off off the air. Um, and by the end of what was a very tough week, I needed to find some sort of thing to do to metabolize the the grief I was going through and all of these, you know, thoughts running through my head. And, um, I was trying to think of like what to do with, uh, some situations in my life that had, that had unfolded that were upsetting me. What do I do with all of this? How do I, how do I metabolize these feelings? How do I create a moment for myself to just process intentionally? And I looked back, I have Every year, thanks to you, this was your idea. Um, this is something you do, and I stole the idea. Uh, thanks to you, every year I do like a, a list on my birthday of things that I want to experience or accomplish by my next birthday. So I, it's like a this many things by this age list, right? So you know, I I just wrote my twenty six by twenty six list. Um, 26 things that I want to accomplish or just experience by next year. And one of the things on my list, it's so random, but it's something that I had wanted to do. And it was an idea that had just come to me. Um, There's this album by the Magnetic Fields called 69 Love Songs. And it's this amazing creative triumph. I mean, it's 69 songs that were written and produced and put out in one album and I believe written very quickly um multi-genre some of them are songs I recognize strongly and love others I had never heard before but this amazing album that came out in, in 1999 it's it's three hours long and it's something that I've known, even though I've heard songs from it here and there, it's something that I've known I wanted to experience in full in a very intentional way. So I had written in my 26 by 26 list, I had written, um, listen to 69 love songs blindfolded. When I used to be a musician or when I used to be listening to music of my friends who were musicians, I would always close my eyes when I experienced a song for the first time. And there's something about sensory deprivation where you are just a lot more present for the details of the music or whatever it is that you're trying to experience. So I had this on my mind as like, this is the right way to do this. And... um I don't know where this idea came from. Like I said, it was just an album I was interested in experiencing in full. And so I had this really tough week last week and, you know, I'm trying to just get through it and come up with some things to do to like, to like remember this moment in time and, and honor it. 
Um, so what I did was Sunday night, I actually, I was, I was alone. My roommate was out of town and I was trying to think of something to do. So I like lit a bunch of candles and set up my lighting all beautiful. And I, I built like a nest in my room with pillows and blankets and, you know, created this lovely space on the, on the floor. I of course had my stuffed animals, including the one you gave me, Sandra. And, um, yeah. And I took a bath and then I came into my room and I started the album. I blindfolded myself and lay down with all of these blankets and pillows and I just experienced this album for three straight hours. And it was incredible. I mean, it was an amazing experience. And it felt very sacred. It felt like a ritual. Oh my gosh. It sounds like one. It was one. And it was like, I had this idea in a very vague way whenever I made this list. And I don't know where it came from. And if anything, it really came from the fact that I just wanted to have some things on my list that weren't goals to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I knew that I needed to have some things on the list that were just like good experiences I wanted to have. And it just came at the right time to do it. I just knew that it was the right time. And I created this ritual out of it. And yeah, it was incredible. And now I, I know that I want to listen to other albums that way. So my art life is sacred because I'm choosing to create rituals and spaces where art feels sacred. Okay, I've just written down good experiences I want to have because what a list, what a useful list that is. That's sort of what I had in mind when I made my list like that. And I, I haven't made one for this year because it sometimes can feel like tasky. But now that you're describing that, I know what list I want now. It's the good experiences I want to have list, but a jewel to have in your pocket. So I'm thinking about your setup process and just like what that was like from start to finish. Was it hard to get into right away or were you just like, yes, this is exactly what I need to be doing and I'm here for the ride? That's a great question. I mean, I think that some element of this is everything coming together in the right way. And there was just a knowing where I didn't need to like plan it super hard or think deeply about what I was trying to get from the experience, right? It was just like this, it, it happened very naturally. I'm glad that I had already had the idea, that it had already been on the list, and then I just knew within myself that it was time to make that happen. But it didn't feel like something I had to plan or or look for answers from. It was just like, okay, I have my apartment to myself. I need to be doing something that feels um, sacred. Uh, you know, that feels like an opportunity to, it, it's funny, I'm using the word feels, but I needed to create a space where I had um, a sense of safety to really feel uh, because I was, I was grieving, you know, for context, people listening, I was just grieving the loss of a couple of friends last week. And I needed to have some sort of practice to help me get through that. Um, and it was just the perfect time. It was the perfect time. And so 
the preparation was very simple and I went through like the actual physical things that I did to set up my my home space um I did take a bath before to kind of get me out of the day the things I had done throughout the day and then it was just starting and it was very intimidating even though it felt right because I mean it's basically sitting in meditation for three hours and that's an, that's an intimidating thing to jump into, especially when you have a lot of tough emotions to process. Yeah. Time-wise, it's like attending a Lord of the Rings movie with your ears. Wow, what a compliment to that album that you just said <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm so curious about when you hear songs from that album going forward from now and how that sacred space might be evoked again with a reminder. Yeah, I definitely am going to hold that album in a very close place in my heart for the rest of my life. Um, and it was, it was like, I need to create a moment with this. The, you know, one, one thing I will say, it's, it's funny, I actually hadn't thought about this until I'm telling it to you now. So I had written that down on my list, on my 26 by 26 list, um, months ago. And um, I'm realizing now why I did it this weekend. It's because I had actually discussed that album with one of my friends who passed away only a few months ago. He had seen that I was I was listening to a song from it or something on Spotify, and he was like, "Wow, that album's so amazing." So we had had a little discussion about it, and I, again, I didn't even process this until saying this to you now. But I had already had that experience on my bucket list for the year, and um, and and I, I guess it came naturally that this friend passed away, and that this was the right time. This was the right time to to do that. But I do want to do it with more albums. I mean, I love how you, Zandra, you always, you really create intentional experiences with new music when it's from someone you love, whether it's Taylor Swift or Rory, who makes our music. Those are the two. Um, <laughs> those are the two. And you do that, though. And I'm like, wow, I wish more people did that. So I chose to be one of those people this week. And I'm so glad I did. Yay! I'm so glad you did too. Music is so special. It's such an opportunity. And I'm glad you had that experience. Me too. Sandra, how is your art life? <sighs> My art life is making a comeback. I just finally, finally finished my latest essay and published it. It's called Not What I'm Not. And Grace, this was so hard to write. It was from start to finish. It was hard to decide what to write about. It was hard to shape it. And it changed shape so many times. I think I cut out about 5,000 words. And it, when I knew what I wanted to say, it took forever to edit it. And so I've been through these, a pa the past couple of weeks have just been like, ugh, <laughs> figuring out how to, how to finish this piece. And now that it's done, now that it's done, I want my art life back. I want to give myself some space to play and experience, experiment and enjoy because I've noticed that after I finish an essay, especially one that's been difficult to write, 
I put pressure on myself to like, okay, make sure that doesn't happen again. Just get started on the next one, get ahead of things. And art doesn't work like that, at least not for me. When I put pressure on myself, it makes it even harder. So my art life is back and I'm taking this week, these next few days to enjoy writing in whatever direction I want to take it. Like I have an idea for what I want to write next, but I'm not going to force myself to make that work if I change my mind. I loved your new essay and I was so excited to read it because you and I had discussed, like last time we talked, you had sort of given me a brief description of what you were working on. And I already knew that I was really excited to, to, read the essay and then I got it in my inbox and just I just loved every moment of it so I mean I encourage people of course to to go read it and we'll link to it in the show notes but I have a question for you about your writing process so I am (laughs) I am not an editor I my writing process when when it does happen is sit there purge it out and hit post with like a minor um review of for grammar and that's always been what i've like been like um whether it's blog posts or songwriting i do very little um structural sort of editing at least at this point in my life i always am so interested when you say i'll read an amazing essay by you and you'll say something later down the line where you'll go, oh yeah, I cut 5,000 words out of that. And I'm like, what? What you know? What got cut out? And sometimes you share it on Patreon. You'll share secret stories about what got cut out. But I guess I'm like, how do you make that decision? How does that change the essay? Like I'm, I, I have no real formal training on editing. And I'm just, I'm so fascinated by how you'll produce these things. And then I'll find out later that you cut so much out. So how do you discern what needs to be cut? Thank you for the question. Um, I guess like cut isn't exactly how I, how it feels to me. Because for, with this essay, for instance, I, had the first half, which is about frozen and leaving social media. And then the second half, I ended up writing about letting go of JK Rowling. And that was not the plan at all when the essay started. And I was watching a bunch of Marvel movies. So at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I can write about these Marvel movies and how I've been critical of um, of representation in, in the Marvel movies, but I can still enjoy it. And as I was like, as I was writing about Marvel, I realized actually there is a better example of this that feels more important to me to tell the story of for me personally, for my readers. And it's, it's talking about our relationship with the Harry Potter series in a post being a fan of JK Rowling world. And I was like, oh boy, (laughs) I have that same idea that I was applying to to being disappointed in something that I love, and I just had a better example for it. So I, I cut out all the Marvel stuff, but that part was necessary to work through 
the ideas. It was kind of a placeholder for, oh, I have a better example for this. And then I think that's that's where the bulk of the word count gets cut out is sort of through this like rehearsal process of trying out an idea in a in a different outfit almost. Do you find that once you choose an essay topic or once you um, start writing something, do you find that sit like situations will start to unfold in your life that are relevant to what you are writing at the moment? Oh, absolutely. Especially watching movies because so much of of what I I, I write about movies a lot. And I write about fiction a lot. Um, so like when I have an idea in my head, that thesis statement applies to my next rewatch of whatever I'm I'm watching, and it will completely change the experience of of just enjoying a movie for fun too. And it, afterwards, I'm like, oh, gotta put this in the essay, and then I realize I don't have to put everything in the essay because I'm gonna start seeing this in everything I read and everything that I experience. Right. That's a good point. It's on your mind. So you're also looking for it. Yeah. So it's sort of like I'm realizing it's about trusting that the idea is strong and it's just about finding the best example or a story to express that idea, to articulate that idea so that somebody else reading it knows a little more how I'm feeling. Because I noticed this um, when you were first asking me about editing. I was thinking about writing essays a year from now or a year ago from now versus today and how I I had less of an essay writing process I, or less of an editing process. It was more of the blog purge and post. And I realized reading back on some of my older essays, it made sense to me, but now that I'm distanced from it, I'm realizing, actually, I could have made that point better. I know how it makes sense in my head, but my role as a writer is to translate my experience so that somebody else knows a little bit of of what it means to to have my perspective for whatever point I'm trying to make. And so looking back at my older pieces, I'm like, I could have made this easier to read for the reader. And so that's what I'm, uh, that's my aim in my, my current writing is to make sure that it's, it doesn't just make sense to me because I know the words, but, uh, somebody else can understand it too, usually by way of a movie. Well, I think that part of your process too, an amazing part or a really helpful part in the past year has been slowing down your production um, amount a little bit. Like getting off of social media, not needing to post every week, you've been able to actually have the time and space to formulate those ideas in a more clear way. I really appreciate you saying that, Grace, because it's, I feel that way too. And sometimes I feel like because I'm not producing work as often I am letting people down in some way and I have to remind myself I know I'm writing better quantity quanti- quality over quantity um, but I it, it feels really good that you understand that 
So speaking of endings, of ending essays and editing, and uh, it's a topic that's come up a lot over a theme that's emerged over the past few episodes of um, of the the art of endings. It's it's as simple as that. So I suggested that title for this discussion, and as as it does, having this title in mind has has gotten me thinking about it. And I know Grace, it's gotten you thinking about your own projects. How would you like to start our discussion on endings? So we have had this amazing theme in our show over this past summer. People, um, listeners sharing in our campfire episode about how leaving a job or, um, you know, leaving their sort of side hustles, like created the space in their life to really go after what they wanted. Uh, we've had discussions with you about about leaving social media and and as I mentioned in our intro just now like how having more space in your life not needing to follow a rigid weekly production schedule which is like an arbitrary you know goal that you gave yourself how um how having a little more space has made the quality of your work improve so all of this has been going on in in the conversations in the art life um, it's, it's happened with our guests like Bernard and Angelica. There have been discussions about how, you know, the ending of something is the beginning of something else. And, um, and I, you know, I have to come clean to our listeners. I have had an internal struggle the past few months. And Zandra, of course, you know about this because we talk all the time. But I have had an internal struggle about my relationship to Patreon. I have been so lucky for the past, it's been two and a half years of running a Patreon to build this amazing community and, you know, often have so much financial support and really um, utilize the space to, to, to build up my identity as an artist and define my voice as an artist as well. All of this has been incredible. But I have not really wanted to have one the past year. Um, I have wanted to move on. Part of that is just, it's not something that I'm pursuing, right? The digital media world is not necessarily something that I'm pursuing. I love the podcast, but, you know, being an internet kind of online model is not really what I want to do. And um, even in terms of the like blogging, I know that I prefer a more analog, a slower pace. Um, at the beginning of quarantine, I I noticed people were were in a progressively more financially dire situation in their own lives, and I started losing patrons. Understandably, I don't take it personally. People explained to me like they couldn't afford patreon anymore and i totally get that especially after unemployment benefits ended in the u.s uh about a month ago a month and a half ago i lost a ton of patrons and um and i was like so grateful though that i have the trust of my community and the relationship with my patrons that they would tell me that 
<laughs> instead of just disappearing that they're you know so lovely that they would they would commute take the time to communicate to me what was going on in their lives wow i'm grateful but that all piled on to these discussions that we've had on the show about really going after what you want and choosing to to leave your safety net um, to move on towards your dream. And it's just been like this, this little nagging at the back, you know, at the back of my head that has just been reinforced and reinforced and reinforced by external situations and you know, conversations with my peers. And it got to the point in the past month where the, the time that I spend, um, put, putting together my posts and drop boxes and, and rewards for Patreon and the money that I actually spend putting those things together and sending them out, it was starting to outweigh the money that I was bringing in. And of course, it's not all about money, but like Patreon exists to, um, to support artists financially. And it was just, it, it finally got to a point where I, although I didn't even lose that many patrons in numbers, people were having to, um, you know, lower what they were able to give. And I knew that I was putting a ton of time and money into it and it just was no longer working. So I have made the decision at last, at long last, because it's been months of this, you know, internal struggle. I've made the decision that I am going to leave Patreon with so much gratitude for what I've learned and the community that I've built, I'm ready for change. So here we are. It's the art of endings. And it's it's about moving on, really. It's about le leaping so the net will appear. And um, for me, leaving what has become a safety net to move on to the things that I, I, I know I'm supposed to be doing. I am so happy for you. And I, of course, will miss you on Patreon. I love your Patreon. But hearing the story of why this is the next step for you gets me really excited for what's next. And, um, and I'm inspired by the bravery it takes to to end something that has been so positive but is not is not serving the purpose that you're you're looking for next so yeah it's yeah. so different to leave something you love mm -hmm. right it's like i'm not going oh this doesn't work i'm not making enough money fuck this you know it's like i'm i'm looking at something that's been really helpful and beautiful but it's, it's just not right anymore. And that's a very different kind of breakup, um, you know, than, than, than breaking up with something that's just terrible. But I just know. I mean, I can't explain it, Zandra. I just know in my gut that it's time. I mean, ultimately, as your patron, what that means to me is I want to support you as an artist with what you want to do. So when I hear that you just know and you know that there's something next and and that you have a, a different dream, 
than Patreon can fulfill for you. I I still feel like even if I even if you're not on Patreon, I still feel like your patron of like I want to support you in doing what you want to do. Thank you. And I think that it's so great that we have this show because I'll be able to say when I make my announcement and by the time that this episode comes out, I will have done that already. But I'll be able to say to these, you know, amazing people who are part of my community, like, you can still keep up with what I'm up to, what I'm creating. You know, the art life is still going to be coming out. So I, I also feel much better knowing that we have this space, which is like, frankly, very similar to what my Patreon is, right? Mm. It's a lot of, of heart-centered discussions about the art life. And, um, you know, and I'll still I'll still be doing the creative work that I do. So it's not as if I'm just disappearing forever, but I I do feel you know more grateful that for more grateful than ever that we have this this show that I can direct people to, and um, yeah, it's just you know it just feels right. I want to share an attitude that you shared with me offline over the phone one time that I've been thinking about, which was when you were thinking about leaving Patreon. What you said to me was, you're going to do extra on your way out the door. You had an art party and your attitude was, I'm going to make this, this finale um, worthwhile. And I, I just, I've been thinking about what you said of like finishing strong and in my own life, Steve and I are thinking about moving to the woods in the distant future, and we're scouting out where we want to do that and all the details. And I, I've moved a lot of times in my life since I was little. And there's always this moment right when you're getting ready to sell the house or leave when you make everything all neat and tidy and paint the walls and, and clean it properly and are like, wow, what a nice house. Wish I could live here. So what I'm doing now, inspired by you sprucing up your Patreon on the way out, is is doing all the home projects in the space where we already are now instead of when we're getting ready to be rushing out the door so that I can enjoy the process of uh, of leaving. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. I recently had this um, actress who's, she's a friend of a good friend, or she's the girlfriend of a good friend of mine. She reached out to me and she was looking for Patreon advice. She said, hey, you know, Ian told me that you run one. Are you still doing that? Can you give me advice? And I actually directed her to our um, Patreon for Artists episode, which was sort of like my masterclass on running a Patreon. Uh, and we had a great discussion about it. And and because I had directed it to her, I ended up listening back to our episode about Patreon. And it like made me nostalgic in a weird way. And it was exactly what you sort of are bringing up where I was like, knowing that I'm leaving made me love it so much more. Um, and I have been like posting more and, um, you know, doing live streams more because I feel like it's right. I want to end on a good note and I want to be giving even more than normal. Um, because this is not in any way like a, 
like a bad breakup. You know, it's just like, hey, I love you. It's time to move on. <laughs> Let's have a great couple weeks, everyone. Um, so I really, yeah, I really appreciate you pointing that out. And it's been good. I mean, I really feel deeply grateful for Patreon. I, I believe in it as a, as a website, you know, as a system. I really do believe in it. And I will continue to recommend it to people. And I'll continue to give people advice on how to run a successful one. Um, all of that can exist while also knowing that it's just time to move on. I was just reflecting on this with my mom, actually, because I just watched Marriage Story, finally, and I was saying, why aren't there more, why aren't there more stories about, about divorce, about love stories about divorce, love stories that don't end in happily ever after, like La La Land as well. I just think you can tell such a beautiful story without having it last forever. Yeah, I think about that with relationships a lot too. And this is something that is said in a lot of like spiritual communities that I'm part of. It's like the time that a relationship exists for is no signifier of like how healthy the relationship was. You can have an amazing relationship that, you know, that parts peacefully that only lasted three months. And that can be so much better than 10 years of marriage, right? And so I do think about that a lot too, where it's like something can be beautiful and and good and still end. And and that is the art of endings. You know, I, I at least in this circumstance, in this situation in my art life, I'm like, how great is it to walk away from something you loved? And the reality is too, I mean, as an, as an actor and, um, and a model and all these other things I do, projects end, you know, projects you love end. And Patreon was for me, it was a, a, a period of my life that it's no longer what I'm focusing on. And I can love that thing and walk away and I can look on, look back on it like a project. What a special time that was. What, what great people I met through that thing. I mean, I talked in our Patreon for Artist episode about like meeting up with patrons for coffee. Um, things like that where I can go, wow, I'm so glad I met these people through this thing and built this community. And uh, cool, like I can keep those relationships. You just mentioned how projects have to end and how that's a big part of of your work. And so I want to ask about that. And because my, I, I just remember like cast parties after a theater production ended. And I'm noticing in quarantine, a lot of cast reunions over Zoom that have really surprised me and and how well attended they are from very famous people sometimes. And so I'm wondering whether it's a photo shoot or a film or whatever project it may be for you, how do you gain closure as you're wrapping things up and leaving? What a great question. And I think in some ways you don't or you maintain relationships if something was special. Um, you know, I can give a couple examples like, you, you know, even in the in the example of patreon itself right i'm actively in this space right now where i'm leaving and um i have 
a patron and a friend, you know, who I've solidified a relationship with through Patreon, um, Charlie, who has a tattoo from a speech that I gave that is like only, um, it was at a conference, but it's only uh, written and logged through Patreon. That's the only place you can find this speech at this point in time. Um, And I was like, oh man, I need to handwrite this and send it to Charlie in the mail because they need to have a copy of this thing that they have a tattoo from. (laughs) So there's things like that where like the the project is still special and you make effort to to remind people you're thinking of them. I have certain film projects I've been part of that those people, even a short film, you know, those people are like hugely important to my art life still. I, I talked to my friend Melissa, who is like the star of a film I did. We still talk almost every day. And that was years ago that we made that film. And every so often that team of people, we get to reunite because um, the film will show up again in a festival or we'll have a new idea or we'll all go stay in a cabin together. Like all of those things have happened from this one project that we did. Um so there's things like that. I mean, I, you know, I did a, I did a photo shoot, even just because it's interesting to bring up modeling, like even that can be really special. You can still, you know, people have certain, uh, certain assumptions about what modeling is or, or what it, you know, how terrible that industry must be, but that's not always the case. And, um, you know, I did a, I did a one day photo shoot in, in October last year. I actually talked about it before because it was this woman, Rosie Sin, this photographer who I'd wanted to work with before, and, and she was the one who orchestrated and photographed the the uh, the shoot. I talked to her. I talked to one of the models. Um, like, ev- I talked to one of the models every day. And we haven't seen each other since that shoot, by the way. We talk every single day. Uh, and, you know, and the, the house that we shot at, like the, the owner of that house, um, you know, he and I talk pretty frequently too. He's up to really cool things in LA. So, I mean, it comes back to, I'm obsessed with like finding your people, right? Just because a project ends, just because a website ends, a shoot ends, like if you found some people who are special, you knew they, they shared that experience with you and it was special for them too those people are still out in the world. You can keep those relationships. Um, Some of my best friends in the world, in fact, I would say most of my best friends in the world are people who I've done projects with, who those projects no longer exist anymore, you know, who, or who, who, um, who also missed that thing. You know, my, my best friend in Philly, I made a, a book podcast with for about a year or two that project's done, you know, the podcast ended and, um, you know, he's still my best friend in Philly. So I, I'm for me personally, just because of the way my brain operates and my heart operates and you're, you're the same way in some ways, Zandra. Um, the best way for me to get close to people is through collaborating with them on a project. So that's just like how I get close to people. So even though so many of these things that I've loved have been um, short-lived or, you know, they're not ongoing forever or they're even in some cases one day on a set, I still have those relationships and they're still strong. 
Grace, speaking of endings, I feel like this is a good place to transition into how we end our show, which is by asking, what is the art life? The art life is creating space. The art life is creating sacred space. Yeah. That's what endings bring. Sandra, what is the art life? I think I jumped into the question right away because I really wanted to end on what you just said in in that final story. And so the art life is is choosing what to keep. And often it's it's the relationships that are born from the project. I I love the I love how that works. I love how that that lives on. So uh, the art life is choosing what to keep from the sacred space (laughs) that is made. Yes, absolutely. So we have a new tradition that we are beginning here in our second year of the art life, which is to invite you, the listener, to answer this question, what is the art life as well? in the form of a review. So we have our first answer to read. Yeah, we have been like loving getting people's feedback and we would love if our listeners could leave us a review on the Apple um, Podcasts app just because it, it boosts visibility for our show. So we've been asking people you know, if you're if you're liking the show, go go to the Apple Podcast app, or you know, go to wherever you listen to podcasts and review the show and answer the question yourself. What is the art life? So our listener Mari, who we love so much, she has the most insightful things to share with us. She gave us an answer um, this week. Mari said, "The art life is comfort. When I listen to the opening music, I immediately feel calmer and at home." No matter what else is going on around me, I know that for the next hour, I will be safe and taken care of. (sighs) What an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mari. It's such a revelation to read that because I realized after receiving that feedback from her that like, oh, that thing is exactly how I want people to feel around me. Not just in our show, but just in life. And it's like, not until receiving the feedback did I know that that's my number one priority. (laughs) Well, that's what I love about inviting more of our listeners to answer this question is, yes, it, it helps us in the ratings and algorithm things. But also, I really appreciate hearing what the art life means to those who've been listening for our for, during our first year, because I want to take what they value about our show forward into my own life and into this next year of of creating it. I want to um, I want to consider what the show means to to everybody that's a part of it, including the listening audience. So, thank you, and keep them coming. Yeah, thank you, Mari, and everyone else. We'd love to hear your thoughts to the question, what is the art life? Zandra, we just talked in this episode about your new essay, and of course, we've been talking about all of the places where our art exists. So I have to ask, 
where can people find your art? People can find my art and my latest essays on heroinetraining.com. That's my website, not on social media or anything. Um, but as you mentioned, I am publishing less frequently. So if you don't want to miss it, I recommend signing up to my newsletter as well, which you'll find on my website or go directly to heroinetraining.com slash subscribe. And then the essay will arrive in your inbox once a month-ish when, um, when it's ready. And I've also just been thinking of, like, I have an, a newsletter idea right now of, like, something that I would tweet that I don't have Twitter for anymore. So uh, all of that stuff is going to go on the newsletter and not all of it's going to go on the website for eternity. So um, if you are interested in those little extra things, I, I, I will respect your your time and, and readership space by sending you only the things I'm most excited about in the Heroin Training newsletter. Grace, where can people find your art? So I have been answering that question since the dawn of this show. <laughs> since the dawn of this show, I've been answering that question, basically saying to people to go to Patreon, or at least that's what I mention most. Um, but in this point in time, in our Art of Endings episode, I will just say that, you know, I'm I'm moving away from Patreon. So if you want to find out what I am up to, um, what I'm creating, the place to, to look is is really this show at the moment. And um and I am very active on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash Grace Gordon Official, or just that's my username, Grace Gordon Official. Um, I'm, I'm very active on there and that's like the one social media app that I, I really enjoy using. So you can find me there, but really it's at the moment, it's this show. That's where I'll be keeping you all updated on where I am creating and what I am creating. So find me here and find me on Instagram. I love that. <laughs> Keep listening. Keep coming back and visiting exactly. us. Well, for our signature ending... From my side of the world, I wish you all a good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you a good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life care of grace gordon p.o box number 4292 valley village california 91607 or email us theartlife at heroinetraining.com our theme music is the stream by rory thank you for joining us